Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Welcome to Sooner or Later Sports, part of the Unfair Sports Network. I am your host, Jay. Thank you all for pulling up to the YouTube channel as well as listening to us wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. While you're here, hit that like and the subscribe button. And if you're listening to us, rate us, review us, and give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Just give us five anyway and uh, gift it. So we're going to dive right into everything per the norm we've got coop in the house with us but we also got a special guest on the show tj pittinger pittinger right said it right didn't i yeah pittinger finger however however he said however but he's from the double fries no slaw no slaw show slash podcast talking florida state what's going on tj man thank you guys for having me i'm a little full today after the last two days of just you know, binge eating, but good enough to sit <laughs> here for a little bit and talk some football. <laughs> I can dig that. I can dig that. Thanks for pulling up. Coop, how you feeling, man? You doing good today? I, I'd say this thing, uh, definitely after yesterday. Uh, yesterday was a full day, a little Christmas Eve going into about, uh, but yeah, today, uh, lots of uh, building Legos for my son and uh, a little bit of football action. And uh, so, yeah, I'm ready to roll. Sounds good. It's apparent that you're definitely a parent since you're dealing with that. And so we're going to jump into the Cheez-It Bowl preview. We're going to talk about Florida State, talk about Oklahoma as we prepare for the Orlando game on Thursday. I will be there in attendance. So anybody viewing, if you're going to be in the area, feel free to find me and pull up, shake my hand. I'll most likely be rocking a general booty, booty call shirt. Um, it's my goal to make it easy to find me as I float around. But besides that, TJ, I need you to do me a solid. Tell the people where they can find you as well as go ahead and tell them where the name of your show came from, because I love it. Yeah. So everywhere at Double Fries Pod or you can find, you know, if you just search Double Fries No Slaw, it'll come up on any of your social medias. And then we, we do everything on YouTube. So similar to this, if you're here on YouTube, go check us out. Um Guthrie's is really big in Tallahassee. So your local chicken, chicken tender spot, um, for those that don't know, a little inside info, uh, both Zaxby's and Raisin Cane's were born out of Guthrie's. So um, two guys that worked at Guthrie's left, went their separate ways, and they started both Zaxby's and Raisin Cane's. So Guthrie's is the OG, very well known in Tallahassee as kind of the late night, uh, 1, 2 a.m. spot. And everybody orders their gut box, double fries, no slaw. Um the slaw doesn't really help you at 1, 2 a.m. when you're needing some 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 alcohol sopped up. So anyway, we just wanted to be different. We just wanted to do something that Florida State fans would immediately recognize and non-Florida State fans would, would catch their attention, right? Um, maybe catch their eye and say, like, what the heck is that about? So we talk about food a little bit, um, but, yeah, just kind of an off-the-wall fun name. Have a good time with it. Yeah, definitely appreciate that because – that's probably one of the coolest names I've ever heard. And so I met TJ on a Coos's Corner, uh, the West Virginia Mountaineer Pie. Go check them out. Coos be doing some good things as well. And when I heard the name, it was like double fries, no slaw. That's dope. That sounds like <laughs> that sounds like something I want to listen to. And TJ does fantastic work over there talking Florida State and everything. And so as you are in a hostile environment, TJ, my apologies. You are dealing with a bunch of Sooner fans. They're already in there yelling Boomer Sooner as we prepare for the Cheez-It Bowl. And so I want to start off with this. The last time we've seen each other, that was what, 2011? Yes. Yeah. Oh man, uh, I know a lot of uh, I'm, I'm a buddy of mine's a big Florida State fan, and he's still pretty pissed off at the fact that the national championship was lost. Do you do you have still some Florida State people uh, talking about that national championship game? Yeah, I mean, so the championship game, you know, now being so that was in 2000, right? So now being like 20 mm -hmm. years, 
I mean, I think people are annoyed at that, but Florida State got close so many times. I mean, they, you know, so they they win it or they lose it in 98 and then they win it in 99. They lose it in 2000. So to go to the championship mm-hmm. game three years in a row, you know, pretty impressive there, right? Like I know that we're all, we're all graded on how many we win. But yeah, I mean, you know, you you had some injuries. You had some some things kind of wrong in that game. Your offensive court, you know, Mark Rick left for Georgia. That was a, a pretty big blow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was kind of like just the perfect storm, right? You didn't score a touchdown. You just had the safety in the game. And uh, I don't know. Having won one since then certainly helps. You know, Florida State wins in 2013. I think yeah. that helped probably take a little bit of the bite out of how bad 2000 uh, hurt. But I think when they look back at the run of going three years in a row, winning one of them, you know, I don't think they're so, so upset. Yeah, it, it, You win the year before, it, it makes losing the next year not so bad. Yeah, it's more palatable whenever it's a situation where you're actually winning titles and you're still a competing team. And it's been interesting seeing Florida State post the Bobby Bowden era, getting that championship with Jimbo Fisher, shockingly, and you kind of, kind of ran them out. Is that like a fair thing to say that y'all kind of <laughs> ran them up out of there? In which I kind of get why it was uh, it was uh, Jameis Winston, and I love in your your description how you are a Jameis Winston apologist. So am I, because I'm a Buccaneers fan as well. So <laughs> he is someone that's near and dear to my heart. And um, so with that, let, let's talk let's talk game. Let's talk let's talk um, about this one because I think that one of the things that jumps out to me in the Cheez It Bowl is that offensively, Florida State and Oklahoma are pretty similar. Uh, Both put up a lot of yards. Both put up a lot of points. The difference is on the defensive side. And you guys got that one big monster named Jared Verse that we're going to have to find a way to contain and hopefully keep him out of Dylan Gabriel's uh, grill. So let me ask you this. What do you think about your defense going up against this high-tempo, high-octane Oklahoma offense? Yeah, Florida State's defense has been, I don't know, hit and miss this year. I think they've been more good than bad, but I think against bad teams, they ran the score up. And I think against Mm -hmm. good teams, they typically put together one good half. And sometimes that would just be for a half. Sometimes it'd be a good first quarter and a good third quarter. Sometimes it'd be, you know, a good second half. Or sometimes, you know, you'd kind of have it bouncing around. Um, They were really good against Clemson in the second half. Did Clemson maybe take their foot off the pedal a little bit? They were really good against Wake in the second half and um, held them pretty good and got back in that game. Um, They were good against Florida in the first quarter and the third quarter, but in the fourth and and second, they weren't very good. So anyway, yeah, it seems like when they play a good team, uh, it's, it's like you get like half of a half a game out of them. Um, When they've, you know, you played LSU, you were really, really good until the fourth quarter played Louisville. They were good in spots. So yeah, that's kind of, I mean, that's honestly a little bit of what I expect against Oklahoma. Like I think Oklahoma is at times going to get theirs and it really, it really probably depends on how and when that happens. If Oklahoma gets theirs in the first half and this is a ball game in the second half, I think anybody's game, right? If Florida state's defense plays lights out in the first half and Oklahoma's limping into this game at six and six, and you got guys thinking about making decisions and, and it kind of gets out of hand, then, you know, you probably don't have to play as hard in the second half because both teams may just kind of say, all right, we're, we're out of here. Kind of like what happened with Florida and Oregon State a few weeks ago. So, anyway, yeah, I, I expect Florida State's defense to be okay. I think it helps that Oklahoma's got some guys sitting out, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a little bit. Oh, yeah. But when Florida State's defense is good, they're really, really good. When they're bad, they're not as good. I will say <laughs> one more caveat. Sorry, I, I can talk a lot too. When they were when they struggled and when they lost those three games, their best defensive lineman outside of Jared Burst, right? But their both best, like most consistent, Fabian Lovett, defensive tackle that kind of anchors the middle in there on every play. Jared Burst is kind of your your second long, third and long edge rusher. Uh, Fabo was out, and teams just ran the ball all over us um, when, when he was out. So I do think him being back is certainly a help. Um, Jared Burst missed some time; um, only played a few snaps in that Wake Forest game. And so I think that with those guys fully healthy all the way back, I, I think that Florida State's defense will play a little bit better than you saw when they were dropping games in the middle of the year. So 
We'll see. I, I don't think they'll be elite by any means, but they they have their moments where they get stops when they're needed, get team you know get teams off off pace and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we'll definitely jump into those middle games as well as uh, really get into the, like the opt outs and all of that. But uh, Coop, how how you feeling about Oklahoma's offense going up against this Florida State defense? Um, well, I would say this is, uh, you know, I want to go back to when you were talking about, uh, you know, 98, 99, 2000, like, uh, Florida state back then gave us just some of the best games possible. Uh, you know, that, uh, Virginia tech national championship game, you know, wow. you've got absolutely everybody in the outside of Tallahassee rooting for Virginia tech and Movek putting everybody on notice. Uh, you know, that's, that's a long time ago. Uh, there's been a lot of Michael Vick, you know, uh, movies made, if you if you will, since then. But uh, <laughs> going back to um, going back to the last time, uh, you know, we were down in Tallahassee, and I just remember Kenny Stills uh, making plays at the end of the game, and it, it, just so much good football between these two teams. And so um, here here's what I say: is um, I mean, obviously, um, you know, we're we're going to be missing our, our our two offensive tackles. Um, you have Tyler Guyton stepping in, and then I believe the see Jacob Sexton is going to be filling in um, at the other tackle. And um, we'll see, you know, Eric Gray has been the multi-purpose, uh, the Swiss Army knife. He has done absolutely everything for this offense. And, uh, I mean, has put up one of the better offensive years by a running back in, in Sooner history. And it's, yeah. it's, it's going somewhat unnoticed. But um, you now get – uh, Javante Barnes is going to uh, get the reins. We, I'm still not 100% sure if we're going to see Marcus Major. I know he was in the booth the last time we took to, took a look at stuff. Um, and Sawchuck has been sending out a lot of stuff on Instagram and a lot of stuff on Twitter. So maybe we see, get to see some of him, him too. So uh, here's what I do know is a fun fact is the total yards per game between Florida State and OU is actually separated by just over three yards per game. And so when I think of that, that, you know, I could, you know, that's some of the things I, you know, kind of looked at, you guys played some really, really tight ball games like that NC state game um, where, you know, you were actually given an opportunity to win with complimentary football. Um, So I I, I say this is if OU is able to play with complimentary football, we've we've got a game on their hands, at least going into late game. Um, if OU decides to play a little uh, one-sided, you know, one side does it, the other side sits out, and then it's just like this messed up relay race. Um, you know, we're it's not going to be good. It's going to be like that Miami Florida State game, which uh, you know I I just got to say how how good did that feel? I mean, because you guys not you guys thumped them, you guys thumped them well, and uh, you know we were at the back end of the wrong side of one of those this year too. Yeah, no, that one was a ton of fun. I. Uh... I sat outside. I've got a pretty cool setup outside. So, you know, I got <clears throat> we moved into this house about a year and a half ago and we renovated a ton of it. And so I was like, look, here's what I'm doing. I'm putting three cheap TVs outside. Like they don't they don't have to be like the nicest TV. But so I do have like a three TV setup outside. And they're super cheap. Nice. Like I, you know, we spent a lot of money renovating this house and I probably spent like five hundred dollars on TVs. So really, you know, not not that big of a deal. My wife hates it, but it does look pretty cool. So I'm sitting outside, like literally right out here watching it and um i got nervous as heck like right before the game started i mean i don't know why i knew we were the better team but you just never know it's a rivalry you're down south like and then you know we score on the first drive like four plays in and then you know scored every drive after that uh so yeah it was that was that was a fun one it was fun it's fun to talk crap in a rivalry game like at halftime when you know it's over i think we were up 31 to uh three at halftime uh you knew it was done Right. Like they, you know, and they couldn't get anything going. So, yeah, that one felt amazing. <laughs> oh, I bet it did. And and to me, winning against a rival, like you just said, is is just the greatest feeling in the world, regardless of how it's done. And so, of course, we got folks in the chat. We'll pop some of their messages up in a minute. But for me, looking at our offense going up against your defense, the biggest thing is, is just like Coop mentioned, having these young players out there, we've got to prepare ourselves mentally that Jerry Verse is going to do damage on the left side. Luckily for us, um, Dylan Gabriel's a left-handed quarterback. So unless he's moved to the right side of the uh, – and he's going after the backside of Dylan Gabriel, I think we'll be okay. He'll be able to get ball away quickly to keep him from being as uh, disruptive. But that nose tackle, like you mentioned, is 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 pretty monstrous as well. So um, 
in talking about bowl games and before we jump more into uh, the players sitting out a little bit deeper, the one thing I do enjoy about bowl season in the minority of this, I actually like when players sit out is because it gives us the opportunity to see those young guys play. Um, you get to see what the future looks like. You get to see some players that haven't got an opportunity to play in a while. You get to see them go out there and and show us what they're supposed to be doing next season. And especially because it's on the big stage, that really shows you the difference between men and boys. Um, the, the big stage, really, those lights and being the focus and the center of attention really changes a lot of players' just, just mindset in-game. And seeing the ones that can step out and really go is, is going to be a huge deal for me. I'm ready to see that. I'm ready to see who's ready to play, who actually is ready to uh, take over. And so with that being said, I'm going to jump over here to one of the comments. We got a question from a viewer, TJ. I'm going to leave this to you. How many players are sitting out? I know the answer, but I want you to tell the people how many sitting out. Yeah, so none. Uh, really, <laughs> really easy answer. We don't have to, uh, and so I don't have like a big, you know, thought piece on that or right? you know, I have a bunch of players to tell you. I will say what I think. I think that sometimes we, you know, I, I never have a problem with the kids sitting out, right? Like if you think mm -hmm. that that's what's best for your future, I mean, go do it, man. Like I don't, I don't care at all. Like you, you go do. I don't want to say I don't care, but like it doesn't bother me, right? Like so, right. I'd say go do it. Go get your bag. Go make money. Um, but we've got some guys that are certainly going to the draft and certainly playing mm -hmm. at the next level. And, um, man, even all our portal guys are playing in this game, which is crazy, right? Like, they've all announced they're going to the portal. And, like, uh, you know, this is uh, – yeah, I see somebody talking about, like, this is uncommon. You know what's uncommon? Our head coach quoted some of the portal guys' announcements that they were going to the portal – and like literally quoted and said, like, this guy gave everything he had. I can't wait to help him find a new place where he can go and shine and do a good job. Now, I think some of that is I do think that Mike Norvell is very genuine in doing that. But I also yeah. think some of it's like, hey, we're going to we're going to put on a good front and show that we're aligned here. But that just doesn't happen. Like, I've never seen a coach quote tweet a kid's portal announcement and say, like, hey, this kid's going to be a superstar somewhere else. And Florida State's finally filling out enough enough depth where you've got fourth and fifth year guys who are looking to leave that just aren't going to, you know, the younger guys coming in are just better. Like Florida state wasn't a good team when some of those guys hit the roster. And so, yeah, all of your 2d, they're all playing. And then all your guys that have announced for the portal, they're all playing too. So it's, you know, your, your NFL guys are playing. You, you got a lot of guys coming back next year. So, I mean, even if, if NFL guys were sitting out, you probably have two or three that missed the game. So yeah, it's been pretty impressive to see that literally everyone is playing and, um, uh, you know, I, I I believe in culture. I believe in fight. I believe in all that. Sometimes I think some of that stuff gets overhyped or it gets like overhyped when a kid um, sits out of a bowl game. I never really think like, oh, man, there's a problem. He's sitting out of a bowl game. Like, no, nah, dude, do what's best for you. But I will say, like, it's pretty impressive that Florida State's pretty much having everybody play. They all are kind of on one page and one accord. And, and he really has flipped the culture for sure. Just a minute, but kind of to reiterate kind of what you're saying with, with the portal piece is that's, that's always been my feeling. My sentiment is if you're not in the college football playoff, feel free to opt out if you're going to go pro, mainly because, it, like I said, preps for the draft itself. And at the same time, it gives us that view and vision into the uh, new regime. The new set of players are going to be coming onto the field. We could see the youngsters try to show out and shoot, show us who's a gamer or whatnot. In that one. Now, outside of that, and got already people already saying, yeah, they they they're losing faith in the Super <laughs> <laughs> having a chance in this game now. Hearing, hearing okay. that, hearing that everybody <laughs> from Florida State's gonna play, it definitely does terrify Sooner fans. But I'll say this: in the in the only opt out situation, I, I'd say we really have the issue is as Coop mentioned was the two tackles that were losing in Wanye Morris and Anton um, Harrison, and then Eric Gray's not gonna play in the game. But that's, to me, really – and Jalen Redmond, your defensive tackle. That's really four players, to me, that are really critical. Uh, the rest that aren't going to play that are transfers, um, that have transferred out already, a lot of them were more so in the depth chart. Just depth chart guys. And we've got other guys that will step up and play. But we do also have a few players that are in the transfer portal that will actually play in this game. Naming one is going to be Bray Walker. He is going to play uh, in this game. And he's actually on the depth chart right behind um, 
It looks like he's right behind McKay Matower. So we'll probably see Bray Walker play a little bit. He's going to be a grad transfer, and he's got his degree. So he's going to go out there to get him some more tape in preparation. And so, yeah, that's kind of, uh, yeah, unfortunate. And as you let the comments, everybody knows, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll just wait till next year. We're, 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 the, the faith is gone because there's so many young players we've never seen before. So outside of that, let's jump into Norvell. It's been a interesting run for him. Um, I was actually on with um, with the Florida State broadcaster, Jeff uh, Colhave. Yeah. I yeah, like I was actually on with him not too long ago, maybe just an hour ago on the Horns Down podcast, my boy Chris. And we were talking about Norvell and um, just the weird scenario of him coming to Florida State. So, like, for example, uh, him coming in is basically the pandemic. So it was a weird time. And then people basically wanted to fire last year and going into this year, especially after Travis Hunter decided to go to Jackson State instead of there. The, 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 the pitchforks and torches were out there. Fire this man hang them, get rid of them, do something. And do you guys turn out a nine and three season, which I know you want it better, but at the same time, those three games in the middle, as you mentioned, against really good teams, it seemed like the struggle was y'all should have had the North Carolina state game, but we won't sure. talk about that one itself. But how has the perspective perspective of Norvell changed now that you guys are going into this bowl game? What does it look like? Uh, today in comparison to uh, at the beginning of the season when the Travis Hunter news came down and everybody wanted him fired. Yeah, so I think that if you even back up a little bit, Florida State started 3-10 and 10 under Mike Norvell, went 3-6 and six in that COVID 2020 year. And I think a lot of people said like, okay, well, that was COVID. Let's see how the next year goes. We basically get everybody back. Let's see. Let's see what that looks like. And then you start 2021 with an overtime loss to Notre Dame. Um, came in. It was the first game they played since Coach Bowden had passed away. Um, and I, so there was a lot of momentum, a lot of excitement around that game. Even – I hate the moral victory crap, but even in a loss, I think people were like, oh, okay, well, we just took a top-10 team to overtime. Maybe we're not so far off. And next week you lose to Jacksonville – or you lose to Jackson, uh, Jacksonville State. Yeah, let's get the, the Jackson States that have beat us, right? But uh, let's you lose to Jacksonville State the next week, and then you drop a couple more, you lose to Wake Forest, you lose to Louisville. And I think – at that point, you're 3-10 and 10 under Norvell, and you're like, oh, man, this isn't going to go very well. But you had a pretty good finish to the year after that. You went 5-3 and three in 2021 down the stretch, and those three losses were a three-point loss on the road against Florida. You were a three-point dog in that game, so you, you basically just pushed on the spread. You played well but didn't win. You had a lead against Clemson with like five minutes to go on the road, ended up losing that one. And then you lost to NC State, but you played them really, really close and had like 10 starters, including your quarterback, out with the flu. And so I think that there was like some, okay, well, we kind of finished the year okay, five and three down the stretch after an atrocious 0-4 start. Um, so this year was like the prove-it-to-me year, right? And, and the Travis Hunter thing that happened last signing day certainly didn't help. But it was like, okay, well, we kind of finished last year on an upswing. How can we do this year? And go to LSU and you get a huge win basically on the road, right, in their backyard and uh, start the year 4-0. You lost away because they were the better team that day. I, you know, I think if that game would have happened in November, you, you probably beat them. Um, just weren't good enough against Clemson. And then, yeah, you, you probably gave the NC State game away. Um, but you also won on the road against Louisville with a backup quarterback. So you, maybe you stole one there. You lost the NC State. It all kind of evens out, right? And, and you finished the year on sure. a 6-0 uh, winning streak. And, um, and and you feel pretty good about it. Or 5-0. A 5-0 winning streak down the stretch. I mean, you feel good about that. And so I think there's a ton of optimism with that. I think that with everyone coming back, I mean, Florida State fans feel like they're gearing up for a run next year. And, you know, it's hard to think that they're not. Um, they bring everybody back from a team that if they win on Thursday is probably going to finish top 10 in the country. Um, you bring everybody back from that, and then you do pretty good in the portal and in the recruiting world. Which recruiting hasn't been the greatest, but the portal certainly has for the Knowles. Um Florida State fans feel like they can make a run at it. And what it is, I don't know. I mean, that might be an ACC. That might, you know, be a fringe playoff team. We'll see. You win the ACC with a loss or two. You're being talked about as a potential playoff team. I don't guarantee you get in with two losses. But uh, I think that Florida State fans feel like they're this close. And if you won nine this year, can you get to 10 or 11 next year? Get to 11, you're certainly in the playoffs. So we'll see. I think they think they're they're pretty close. 
And um, there's a lot of optimism with, with what Norvell's doing right now. No, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Coop, so what are you thinking about uh, the Norvell, how he's performed so far? And it's just kind of out of comparison to how uh, we have a Florida State fan to ask the question about Brent Venables doing in his first year. Yeah. I wanted to kind of touch on that one because, um, um, yeah, so Norvell, you know, obviously COVID, one of the things that a lot of people forgot about, it was like the the zero recruiting. Uh, as Sooner fans, we saw Caleb Williams orchestrating um, – massive visits to campus uh on his own like with his parents and everything and so um you know he had people in and but that that was that was not happening anywhere else that was not allowed to happen um the, the coaches could not do any of that stuff so um you know you watch that year and florida state had just been you know in in a little bit of a miring cycle and so midway through that second year you know 21 I had a lot, a lot of friends who are Florida State fans, and you know their comments were, um, you know, already looking for replacements. You know, who who is this next person? And then they go in with what we wanted to see this year with that last little uh, that last little streak of games, looking for something to say. All right, you know, show us signs, show us signs of life, signs that things are happening. And so, um, as we did it this year, so most people listening here are most likely OU fans, um, but Jeffrey, uh, you know, for you, um, the team was absolutely gutted, um, you know, going into this year. Uh, you know, you lose back-to-back five-star quarterbacks. Um, Spencer Rattler has, you know, has his own history, um, but you lose Kay Williams, uh, Spencer Rattler. Uh, we are scrambling in, in, in the transfer portal. The uh, defense in 21, which... Um, we just, we didn't have very many playmakers, but every single one that we did have left out, you know, with Nick Benito, Isaiah Thomas, Perrion Winfrey, uh, you know, these guys all leave and Brian Asamoah, who's making plays, you know, he, he made a lot of really big plays here in, in, in game this weekend. So you've got a defense, which uh, just is, you know, thin on talent, really, really thin on talent. And um, last year, we really saw a lot of um, games that we just pulled victory from the jaws of defeat. This year, we saw the opposite. We saw um, us just find ways to not win a game. And um, you saw the glimpses of the defense towards the end of the year where you're like, all right, this is awesome. <laughs> and But then our offense put our defense back in bad spots. So uh, I, I do think Brett Venables – has a lot of opportunities going into this next year to learn. Uh, there were some clock management issues that we're all very, very well, uh, you know, informed on. Um, you know, we are a tempo offense, and late in the games, when our defense has played 100-plus plays, we're snapping the ball with 20 seconds left. Um, so I, I would say this, JT, if, if you're watching this and um, you just pay attention because, uh, you know, if, if there is a, comp- a competition happening here, um, you know, I'm going into this game a little bit like uh, going in that Trevor Knight Sugar Bowl uh, game against Alabama tour. I was just like, well, I just get to watch OU play a game and get them get their asses handed to them. But uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that one turned out in our favor because I don't know if uh, I don't know what prayer Trevor Knight said before that game, um, but it was great. <laughs> it worked. So, uh, you know, that's what we're looking at. We're probably thinking here, um, you know, Norvell is preparing to launch himself into a 23 season. Again, you look straight down the barrel at Clemson and they don't scare you anymore. And as every Florida state fan and ACC, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fan is looking that that doesn't scare you anymore. Uh, you look at Wake forest, um, you know, they, they're starting to put together continuous, uh, you know, good seasons here um, in North Carolina, you know, again, that's, that's a, that, you know, that's a team that's, you know, a little bit on, on the rise, um mac brown baby um, yeah baby mac brown uh you know again another uh school ran him off uh for going eight and three and then you know they hated their lives after that point so um but i you know i'm excited to see this and um if i were a florida state fan i would have all the confidence in the world uh if i'm going to give you glimmers of hope uh, uh, sooner fans you have a lot of people who are playing this bowl game on our team who are looking to prove a point and if Florida State, and I'm guessing Norvell is telling the whole team this, is if Florida State walks in there thinking we're just going to come in and thump them, and it's going to be awesome. All we got to do is show up, and we're we're going to win this game because they're not good this year. 
um, you know, that that's 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 not that's not very that's not very, um, you know, a killer mentality. Sometimes all of a sudden you look up and that these OU young pups start believing. And so um, I, I, if I was Florida State, I would come out, dream and think execution for on every single play. And you're going to find yourself with a with a comfortable lead. If not, I think we got a ball game. Yeah, and to kind of piggyback on on Coop on that, my the, the first take I have as far as Venables being a first year coach, we may mention the the stat the the the, the roster was gutted. We lost basically the Heisman Trophy winner because he won the Heisman this year, and the coach that coached him. So um, that's a big change. It's a big dramatic shift because in college football, if you have a guy that can go out and win games by himself, uh, you don't want to lose that especially when your team is built on one guy winning games out there by themselves. And as Sooner fans, we all know, honestly, Florida State fans, y'all understand too. Y'all had Jameis Winston who went out there and literally just about won the national championship almost by himself in a lot of capacities. When you think about the way Jimbo Fisher coaches and how he coaches overall, Jameis was unreal winning that Heisman and winning that championship. And for us, it was the same thing with Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, and then Caleb Williams and, you know, we go to our current quarterback in which we're going to talk quarterbacks and stuff in just a minute in comparison. And actually, you know what? Let's jump right to that. That's actually one question I did have for you, um, TJ. I'm looking statistically in overall quarterback play. Dylan Gabriel and Jordan Travis, similar. Throwing the ball. athletic and when he wants to scramble and run he can but it doesn't seem like he did much of that at all this year only having 300 some yards rushing that seems quite low for a guy that felt like he could run for at least 600 per season uh when you look at the two comparisons of quarterbacks in preparation for this game what do you what do you see um similarities and differences when it comes to uh, dylan gabriel going up against a uh, jordan travis yeah so jordan definitely ran a lot less this year and, and i think it's because he improved so much as a passer. Uh, in 2021, he ended up with 1,500 passing yards, and he ran the ball for um, 530, right? And mm -hmm. ran it a lot more times, lower average. But, yeah, I think in 2022, he was a pass-first guy, and he was really, really good throwing the ball, and he was very strategic with when he ran. Um there were games where he had, you know, when we played, when we played worse teams, there were games where he'd have wide open running lanes and he would just turn it down and wait for something to develop. And then he would throw it. Whereas in 2021 and before that, he would just taken off. I mean, he absolutely mm -hmm. just said like, I'm out of here. And so I think that was, uh, you know, he wanted to be a pass first guy. He, when the season started, I think he wanted to, uh, play this last year and, and get to the NFL. And so I think he wanted to showcase his arm. Um, obviously made the decision to return some things that kind of went into that, but uh, yeah, I think he, he really turned into a, a true passing guy. Um, they also didn't have to. So in 2021, he also had to just win games by himself and he didn't have to do that this year. Right? The running game was pretty phenomenal. Uh, Trey Benson's 35 yards short of a thousand. They haven't had a thousand yard back since Cam Akers. Shout out Cam had a nice night last night for the he uh, did. finally finally <laughs> but, uh, he, won, he, he won me my fantasy football that a boy Cam ten percent chance ten percent chance and I come back and win uh, he crushed so but they've had a thousand yard back since that guy was there right like the guy's dominating the NFL so um, you know I, I think that this year being able to lean on some different pieces um, made things pretty special there were also a lot of second halves that Jordan didn't have to play in. Right. I think, you know, that's true. That's true. He, 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 y'all let games go. Y'all yeah. basically close games out pretty early besides the three losses. Basically. Yeah. When yeah. Games were close. You know, he was in there the whole time, but you think about the blowout. So we played Duquesne. That's a blowout. He didn't play much of the second half there. It may not have played at all in the second half. BC, that, that score was like 45 to three as well. Didn't play a ton there. Um, you know, Syracuse was a blowout. Miami was a blowout. Uh, Georgia Tech was a blowout. Louisiana was a blowout. And so like, there was like five or six games where he didn't even play the second half. And so like, if those games had been competitive, probably throws for like 3,500 yards, you know? And so, Fair. Uh, and, and maybe runs for 500. Right. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, he certainly developed as a pass first guy. 
but incredibly athletic. Like if you guys go back and if you haven't, you know, I know you guys have, but if your listeners haven't watched the Florida, Florida state highlights, maybe don't go watch it. Cause I've already made you guys depressed about this game coming up on Thursday, <laughs> but some of the stuff he was doing, getting out of sacks, getting out of tackles, breaking to like, it was ridiculous. And so, yeah, when he needs to use the legs, he can, and, and he's pretty remarkable doing it. But, uh, yeah, maybe don't go watch that. I, I take that back, that recommendation. But, yeah, I mean, Gabriel's really good, too. Like, obviously, Dylan Gabriel, you know, was great for UCF. Um, and then, you know, was really – I mean, you know, OU goes 6-6 six and six this year, but, I mean, think about where they'd be without him. You know, like, uh, you uh, know, a guy that kind yeah. of made the thing tick. And, um, you know, similar in that regard, right? Like, I mean, Florida State had a lot of help this year. Uh, Jordan didn't have to be the man every game, and so that was super helpful. I think Trey Benson, uh, Florida State's, you know, RB1 right now, I think he ran for like 350 – I, I think he had like 330-ish combined uh, total yards against both rivals, so Miami and Florida State. I, I could find that stat if we really wanted it. But, uh, yeah, he didn't have to do it all, but when he needed to, he could be that guy. And, and he was the difference in the Florida game. Um, and so guys like Dylan, guys like, you know, Jordan, like when they know they have to turn it on – they do it. And Jordan was really, really successful uh, doing it this year and uh, was, was pretty special to see. Yeah, 315 is the is the total. Ooh. Yeah, that's pretty good. And and for me, looking at the two quarterbacks, I think that's the biggest difference. Well, I, I actually, it's kind of the similarities between the two. Like Dylan Gabriel, when he was at UCF, he really did majority of the work himself. And here he had Eric Gray as his running back, th running for 1,300 yards uh, with a 400-yard runner out of Javante Barnes, the freshman who will be starting in this game. And then, unfortunately, Marcus Major, who we, we thought was going to be the next 1,000-yard guy, uh, has been hurt off and on the season. And hopefully we do get him healthy and up and running. And so uh, I am super fascinated in seeing uh, just what we can do to keep Jordan from doing too much scrambling, because I think that's the one thing that hurts, especially at the collegiate level. If you give a quarterback six seconds, maybe even five, you're probably going to give up a whole bunch of yards. And that's the one thing as we transition here into our defense versus the Florida State offense that's the one thing that I'm a little bit more nervous about is how much pressure we can get on um on you all even though we are going to see a lot of the younger players that have been wanting to get out there and that are hungry to go attack I do see that that's the one thing if anything I do fear from you all. So let me jump right here into a couple of comments real quick. We got Terry asking a question about the Sooners. Will we see Kip Lewis or Kobe McKenzie get some reps? And to be 100% honest, there's a very good chance. Luckily, there was a rule that was passed right before the bowl games that the bowl games will not count towards the red shirt games uh, for a player. Now, if I'm correct, Kip and McKenzie are both, uh, Kip and Kobe are both uh, red shirts. So as long as they don't play more than four games, they're solid. Kit played two. Kobe has not played any. I do see there's a good chance we'll see a little bit of them in this game, mainly because uh, the bowl games don't count. And it's great reps, great practice, great thing to see. And so uh, handle a quarterback like Jordan Travis, who has so much experience. Um, I mean, he's played, what, five years so far with uh, four with Florida State, one with Louisville. He has experience in playing at the college at the collegiate level to where he knows how to fake and throw people off out there. And so I am interested to see if these young books get out there and play and if they're going to do some damage as far as um, actually competing and trying to stop that run game. Because like we mentioned, y'all y'all run the ball really good um and you pass the ball really good and so it made me feel like with jordan travis it was like him and Jaden daniels feel like they're like almost mirrors of each other uh coming as they, their, their growth pattern because both of them were heavy runners and then they started passing it and you start to see the improvement game over game over game of them getting really good at passing the ball to where they're putting up some you know almost three thousand yards passing in a season which is not something to sneak Playing in the ACC, where there are some solid, solid teams and defenses out there, but your ability to not have to play in the second half has been a big testament of just how potent that uh, top uh, top fifteen offense you guys are rolling with is. And so, from that aspect, offensively, what do you see? Um, 
you all needed to do at Florida State in order to really take it to the Sooners um, and our quote-unquote questionable defense? Yeah, so I'll, I'll turn that back on you and, and ask a quick follow-up. Are you guys, you know, defense has not been a strength. Are you guys better or worse? Like, would you if, – if I told you what's your path, like would you rather us throw on you or would you rather us run? I would take, I mean, out, just, take out who we are, take out who we are, and what we've had success with. Just any given Saturday or Thursday, I guess. Would you rather a team be a passing team or a running team? Coop, go ahead. I would. Yeah. So um, here's the thing: Benson's six one two fifteen. That's not the back that's usually giving us issues. It's Deuce Vaughn. It's the five six one ninety five guy. Um, I you know again we have I think our entire starting secondary is going to be active and playing fully healthy everybody's good to go um so is if um if you know again norvell and atkins decide that they want to um come out and maybe try to uh, pull a fast one and throw the ball first you know again if we can do anything on the pass rush um you know that may not be that may not be the best plan of action so i would rather you try to throw the ball on uh on us um I mean, that that's that's just my personal opinion. I mean, we've got um, – that's our, our big issues this year, though haven't been first down or second down. It's typically been third and fourth down. Uh, so if you uh, are – see Florida State failing at first and second down, uh, and I'm uh, speaking to the Florida State fans, don't worry. Y'all still got two, and we don't do well on either of them. <laughs> we, uh, no. That's a fair point. And for me, it's going to be, I'd rather y'all try to run the ball on us than the pass. I think the biggest issue we've had is that is the inconsistency on the pass rush. We'll get tackles for loss. That's true. We'll get sacks and pressure. But then just like Coop mentioned, third down, we forget how that, how we were playing the game. So it's either we're easily predicted or our team is just not deep enough to where we get overly exhausted and they just fall on their face. Now, so this is the end of the season, and week over week, we have gotten better in those capacities. I'm still concerned at how we look when it comes to the full flesh pass rush. So, yes, me, even with the opt-outs, the main opt-outs really were on the offensive side of the ball anyway. So, yeah. it's like Coop said, I mean, we lost one defensive lineman, and we'll replace him with one of our freshmen uh, four-star or uh, that we got recently uh, this past uh, cycle with Coach Brent Venables and his staff, one of the players that they got because they wanted him to come here that's going to be something i'm ready to see like uh like a uh, grace um helton i'm grace ready to see him go out there grace and helton go out there and get hopefully a few tackles for the loss and it was actually made mention here that uh we'll probably see him get three tackles for the loss thank you hank i hope that he goes through and does that because that's that's where we're our strongest Brent Venables has put together a team similar to what he had at Clemson and we know Clemson has given Florida State problems over the years this team is a top five team in the country in tackles for loss, which all of his Clemson teams were at least top five every year after his, I think his third year, Oklahoma's already there. Now the question is going to be is, can we consistently do that? And like just Coop just said, I mean, first and second down y'all should be concerned. Just be, be nervous about those third down. No worries. We, we might fumble the bag on third down and give it right to you for the first. Hopefully we settle down. But if anything, yeah, I'm definitely here for you guys to run the ball. Just don't want you to pass it. Yeah. So running has been Florida State's strength. I mean, you know, so especially the second half of the year, they've run for over 200 yards in seven straight games. Um, mm -hmm. Trey Benson had 77 broken tackles this year on only 141 rushing attempts. Um, no college football player had more than 50 with that many rushing attempts or less, right? Like if you he's basically rushing, B. John Robinson, just, just probably a diet version. <laughs> yeah, he's going nuts breaking tackles. And so, um, yeah, I think that's how Florida State will start the game. I, I think that that has opened a lot up. But I think they pass really early too. Like it's not just, you know, oh, we're going to pound the rock. I, it very much is we're going to run it twice and then we're going to – I mean, there's a lot of read option. There's a lot of, you know – I mean, and the read option is is fairly unguardable. Like, right, if you if you make the right read in college football, it's not just an FSU thing. But if you make the right read and hand that thing off, or if you are playing it up on the run and you can hit some of those big guys in the 
you know, out wide or over the middle. I mean, Florida, that's why Florida State's offense has been so good this year is because Jordan Travis has read the options super, super well. Mm-hmm. And when they've run the ball, uh, Trey Benson has absolutely just thrown guys on the ground and broken more tackles than anybody else, you know, based on how many times he's touched the rock. And so, yeah, I think that Florida State will – honestly, I don't I don't think there's a one or the other. I think it's honestly just they're going to mix in both and try and keep – teams off balance Mike Norvell's offense is pretty phenomenal like you can you can literally just you know YouTube you know what makes Mike Norvell's offense successful and we've got some you know if you guys are into like all the offensive stuff and want to look up some of my buddies that run the X's and Knowles YouTube page um, okay. he does a phenomenal job of um, using the same concepts to run like four different plays out of it and it truly makes life absolutely hell on the defense right like it is just like okay, they've run this concept four times. They've run this counter play four times. And so the fifth time you think it's another counter and it's an, it's an 80-yard bomb, right? Like It's just like, you know, he, he does that so well. And his offenses at Memphis were really, really good. And he's finally got the guys that I think he needs to be successful offensively here. And so, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, like I don't, I don't know what they'll – he adjusts so quickly – that it's hard to say. I think they'll try to start with the run because that's kind of been the bread and butter lately. But if that starts getting shut down, I mean, they'll just start throwing. Like it's, you know, yeah. if, if Oklahoma loads the box, it's like, all right, well, we got six, seven Johnny Wilson out on the edge. Good we God. I was just looking receivers. at him. Yeah, we got a lot yeah. of wide receivers they really, really trust. And it's like, all right, well, we, you know, Jordan Travis can beat you. We would rather just run you to death, but Jordan Travis can and will beat teams if, if he needs to. So, yeah, it's a, it's a plethora. The defense, yeah. <laughs> I, I think Oklahoma wins this in a shootout if they win it because the offense is really, really good. Yeah, yeah, and that's the one question I'm curious about is is if we're going to end up going into a shootout or if Florida State's defense is going to be able to pull up and and slow down or yeah, really slow down the Oklahoma offense because that's, that's going to be the key thing. I think that'll be the thing that will determine what this game's really going to be is if we can go out there and actually make sure that um, – yeah, it's it's a nonstop shootout. We can't go our th- typical three and outs really fast within a minute and some change and then allow Jordan Travis to go out there and pick us apart. And if you all at the exact same expense, you can't let us go down there and score within two minutes uh, and think that there's going to be success uh, in this game. But honestly, I'm hoping for a shootout itself. Um, Coop, what you got? Um, I mean, it we need to see a major improvement. Uh, I don't care if it was somebody watching the message boards, but I mean, obviously if we clean up some of these, um, you know, clock management, uh, you know, Oklahoma offense is always trying to be a tempo offense. And we've had uh, multiple um, games to where we have not had more than a handful of, um, of drives over uh, two minutes long. And, you know, again, it's either we are three and out and about, uh, about a bathroom break or, uh, you know, we score in that amount of time. So, um, that, that, that's, that's what I would like to see from OU's offense is to come out, uh, with a plan. And I, I, I mentioned it earlier. It's just complimentary football is really what I want to see is, uh, you know, what we've had most of the time this year is, um, spectacular stretches by our defense where our offense looks lost. And then our offense finally pulls it together, and all of a sudden our defense is giving up third and eighteens, you know, and uh, you know with a three man rush, and so it, it's killer. Uh, Jordan Travis is is the real deal. Uh, I'm pulling for him. I like watching. You know, Florida State's always had a special place in my heart. I like watching um, them with a little bit of resurgence. I hate Miami more times than I can say. <laughs> And so, um, but, you know, again, you know, I, I, I brought, brought this up is, you know, we were talking about Cam Akers uh, for the Rams the other day. I mean, obviously Baker's throwing the ball now. So, uh, you know, I wonder if they've got a little something, something on the game on the side to see, uh, you know, something in the locker room. But, um, yeah, we want to see that. I, I do want to see OU um, continue the, uh, the, the mix up and uh, Dylan Gabriel, you know, he's, he's coming back and it's going to be um, uh, a year next year to where he's going to get pushed. And so he's going to want to show that this is still his offense. Uh, Javante Barnes still, I think he is so talented and he doesn't even know what he's doing yet. 
Um, and then, you know, obviously we get a little bit of salt check action. And um, so I, I, I'm pretty excited for, uh, you know, a high scoring game if that's the case. Yeah, I'm here for a shootout as well, um, especially since I'm going to be there. I want to see action. I want to see lights. I want to see excitement. I don't want to be there for none of that boring stuff. I need this to be good. So uh, before we go ahead and wrap things up, anybody in the chat, viewers, y'all got any questions or anything for TJ around Florida State, anything for us in particular? I know one that has been pointed out to me was, was well, one statement that was about, made mention of was Jeff brought up that uh, we need to see Gavin Salchuk. And I think that's one player that's going to be critical in this one, especially since Javante Barnes is a freshman we'll be playing. Him and Gavin going together. Um, I know that um, Florida State's defense has been solid. The one thing of our bread and butter, as you mentioned, is our run game. Um, and when our quarterback is on, he's on. We'll have Marvin Mims, who's a thousand yard receiver going. Um, viewers, if you did not see this, Drake Stoops did announce that he'll be back next season. So we'll have a uh, young Drizzy out there at the slot being uh, disruptive. And then again, we'll see our big guys from Farouk as with Mims out there. And then we'll probably see a lot of Gibson popping up here and there so that we can um, see the big receivers going since the Oise is no longer here. And so um, I think it's going to be big. I think it's going to be a fun game. Um, let's wrap this up. Go ahead and give some parting shots. TJ, I'll lead you the way. Give us your final thoughts and prediction on this game. Give me your score prediction and then let the people know where they can find you. Yeah. So I think Florida State, as long as there isn't kind of a, I don't know, like a rust issue or layoff issue. Obviously, both teams have the same layoff, but, you know, sometimes it'll affect one team more than another. Florida State was playing with a lot of momentum, which I don't even necessarily believe in momentum, you know, week to week. But they were playing with a lot of confidence and had things certainly rolling um, by winning their last five games. And, uh, you know, I think that they were in a good spot. You know, love for this bowl game to just be played like maybe a week or two after the Florida game. But now that it's four weeks later and you know you you never really know how a team will come out and start uh i think there are paths for for oklahoma to get a win here but i do think that florida state's offense if clicking on all cylinders um is probably a little too much i also question and and this isn't you know you guys would know the the team better than i do but i think that florida state has shown that if they were to get down in this game this game means an absolute ton to florida state and i think they know um, what a 10-win season would mean after, you know, winning eight games the last two years combined. When Florida State was down against Florida, I think they know that uh, they, they they can and will and, and should fight back. I, I wonder what the motivation is for, for an Oklahoma team that is playing a team that they know they're a pretty big dog to. If they were to get down by a couple or a few scores, do they have that same kind of fight in them, to, you know, at 6-6, six and six, on the road in Florida State's backyard, probably a pretty – pro FSU crowd to, to get back in a game, right? If they, if they start a little slow, maybe, you know, I don't, I don't mean to, you know, say that no. or anything like that, but I, I think that's pretty real in any bowl game, you know, because the bowls are pretty meaningless at this point. So I, I, <laughs> you know, I think that, you know, the game probably means a little more to the Florida state kids. They have a few more guys playing that, that were on their roster. They were a better team this year. So I think Florida state probably wins this somewhat comfortably. Um, but if they take their foot off the pedal just a little bit to start the game and let's Oklahoma like kind of build some confidence and get some things going offensively where it could certainly turn into a shootout, then we could get a really good one. But I don't know, something like, you know, 41 to 31 or 41 to 28 or something. It's, okay. it's fairly close. Florida State covers the spread just by a little bit. But I think that it, you know, they maybe they score a late one assaulted away or, um, I think that Florida State probably ends up getting the win uh, on Thursday afternoon. Okay, okay. So, so that, that's a good call. And 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 so to your question, you make the, the the one of the best points out there is who does this mean the most for? And I'm going to tell you, I think it's both. And this is the reason why. Ten win season will be huge for you all. Huge. Because it, it kind of uh, reminds them and solidifies that we're doing the right things. If a couple of bounces here and there hits for us, this is a playoff team. You know what I'm saying? You're right there. So this is telling you you're right there. Your quarterback's coming back. Most of your team is young. I'm looking through the depth chart here, and my God, you've got a lot of red shirts, sophomores and sophomores and, and, and freshmen that's going to be getting some game. And that's a very 
good problem to have um, going forward. And so that, that means that next season, the expectations will be higher. You know, you get that 10 wins. It's hard to go from nine to 10 and going from 10 to 11, even tougher, but that's something that's possible because like we talked about the North Carolina state game, that should have been a W for you all and all of that. But this is also a huge game for Oklahoma. And this is the reason why we may be six and six. This will be the first time since 99 that we have a chance of not being 500 or better first time in over in 23 years. And so for them, for coach BV, giving him his first year at 500 to keep the streak alive, I think that's a pretty big deal for a lot of these young players and especially the ones that he brought in. I mean, I think the real difference between us and you all is Norvell's got his boys in there. These are his players. These are the ones that he wanted over the last couple of years. So he's got some of those players that want to be there. And so, yeah, for us, it's the, it's going to be, the push to keep us over 500 and keep that streak alive in hopes uh, to make sure that BV doesn't be the one to break it. Now, if he does break it, this is a year that's kind of lost in the, the void. We will not, uh, we will, we will recognize this season, but we also know that next season is the most important one for us because then we really got BV's guys. We've really got guys that uh, this staff really truly want, especially on the defensive side. So we can bring back that uh, 2000 matchup between Florida State and Oklahoma when both defenses were like legit. Yeah. And it was only because of, of of just circumstances that finally let Oklahoma um, prevail. And so for me, um, I, I do think that the biggest difference is going to be the biggest difference between the two is, is just that you guys have no opt outs. Whereas we just we've lost guys to the NFL and they're just like, eh, I'm just gonna walk away. And unfortunately, they were, you know, players that weren't part of this current regime's uh, uh recruiting, I guess you could say. And so Coop stands on you. Give us your prediction. Uh before we wrap up, I'll give mine last and then we'll get up out of here and let everybody go enjoy their evening. Well, I sure as hell don't want to see the twenty uh two thousand two cotton bowl between OU and Arkansas when it was like uh, you know, I think we had like 20 points total scored. Our, our defense, you know, showed out that day. That was great. Uh, I, I, I'm going to play the funny, I'm going to play the funny man here a little bit. I think OU plays a little bedlam type of game and Florida state has the ball to, to drive and win the game this year. And, um, unfortunately does. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to go, I was going to, you know, 44, 37, uh, TJ kind of said something similar in that area. Um, you know, I think that OU does show, uh, some really good, um, it's really good. Life. I, I think that um, they both have a lot to play for. They both have a lot to, um, you know, to really launch them into next season. I would just, um, I would just be really, really uh, hesitant to say that uh, I would have any confidence, um, you know, against uh, Jordan Travis and that, uh, that group uh, on offense uh, coming down to win the game. So, uh, you know, I think Knowles catch this one. Uh, I'm glad it happened after signing day. Um, so uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, you know, we'll reconvene next year. Yeah, 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 100%. And um, I will definitely, TJ, going to have to have you back on again to talk recruiting uh, in the near future. Uh, you guys picked up Braden Fisk, one that we were definitely going after, mm -hmm. and he's going to be something special. I, yeah. I just love everything yeah. about the film that I watched on him. And so because of that, I've got to go ahead and give a homer pick. I've got to pick Oklahoma. I just don't feel right not picking Oklahoma, even though uh, I'm on a, I'm at a scale of one to 10, my confidence level, I'm like a four and a half. Um, <laughs> there is a chance that we could have that Oklahoma, Alabama situation where we magically show up and play really, really good. While at the same time, the Alabama game, they truly, the SEC, for some weird reason, never cares about bowl games uh, that lose. are not in the playoffs when they yeah. lose when they lose when they lose they win they care yeah <laughs> they it's care weird. when they win they don't care when they lose and so that's y'all that's y'all in a couple years just get ready uh, I, I am yeah. i am so y'all get, get that umbrella that's a nice umbrella to have like i ah, bowl game didn't matter it was we didn't care about that oh we won we didn't care about that one bowl we didn't care <laughs> yeah i it, to me bowls Start are important for development <laughs> <laughs> fair point I, I, bowls are important to me for the uh for the development and so so i'm gonna get my prediction i think it's gonna be a shootout i'm thinking both teams score 
um, early 40s. I'm going to say Oklahoma wins in the field goal 43 to 42 uh, just because I think that both teams will probably be in the 40 range. Now, there's a very good chance that, TJ, you are 100% correct that it's going to be like a 42 to 31 or 41 to 31 type score um, um, situation and uh, Florida State pulls it out. As long as the game is a shootout and it's at least close up until the end, you won't hear a complaint from me. But like I said, I'll be out there. TJ, let the people know where they can find you real quick. Yeah, again, if you're on YouTube, which you are if you're watching this, I suppose, or on social media anywhere, you can just search Double Fries No Slaw or Double Fries Pod. Um, shoot us a follow. Shoot us a, a subscription. Um, watch a couple of videos if you want to get caught up on some things FSU going into this game. And then uh, don't unsubscribe. Just stay subscribed. You can mute us, but stay stay subscribed afterwards. <laughs> uh, if any of my people are watching, if you clicked in, to, you know, subscribe here to Unfair Sports as well. But yeah, don't 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 leave me on Friday. I don't want to see a big um, mass exodus. If you know, <laughs> especially if y'all win, y'all better stay and pity follow. Um, but no, oh, yeah. I appreciate it, guys. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. I had a ton of fun, man. So yeah, I mean, I love talking football. So uh, this was great for sure. Yeah, TJ, thanks for pulling up. We'll do this definitely again. Um, if you're new to the channel, hit the like, subscribe, bell notification, join the the ride with us. We appreciate all of y'all pulling up. And for me and Coop, uh, TJ, again, thanks for coming through. Go subscribe to Double Fries No Slaw. It's fantastic content. My man, TJ, you do a great job. And uh, with that, we will chop it up with you all in about a day or two. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.